Welcome to this edition of Salmon Says. I would be Salmon. How goes it? We're uh, getting close to wrapping up 2020. I know everybody's ready for this year to be over, right? Well, the thing is the pandemic's still going to continue into January, so we're still out of the woods there. So enjoy this time of year because it is the most wonderful time of year as the Christmas song goes. I'm talking about Christmas time, and I'm one of those guys that think, you know, don't take the Christ out of Christmas. It's not about candy canes and sugar plums and Santa Claus and reindeer. It's about the birth of our Lord Jesus. And um, I know, actually, if you've figured out he wasn't born in the wintertime, it would have been probably summertime. But nonetheless, that's when we celebrate it. That's what it's about. Uh, the candy canes, you know, the sugar, uh, the whatever, all the Santas and all that stuff is fine and dandy, but that's not the real meaning. And please let your children know that... The real meaning is Jesus' birth, okay? So today we're going to talk some Christmas stuff. I'm going to talk Christmas songs because I don't quite understand some lyrics to Christmas songs. And we'll maybe talk on some Christmas movies too because I've been watching some of those as of late. And for some reason this year I'm really more into the Christmas spirit than I have been the last probably four or five years. I don't know why, but I am. So that's what we'll do. This is Sam and Says Podcast. Hey, how you doing? All right, Sam, I'm with you here. Let's talk some uh, Christmas stuff for you. And the uh, Christmas songs, my favorite Christmas song is Silent Night. I, I love the meaning behind it. I just love the composure of Silent Night. I shouldn't say I don't like the other ones, but I do like the other ones as well. So Silent Night would be my favorite Christmas song, uh, followed by, I don't know if I have a second favorite, but I, I'm just going to name some other ones. Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, um, you know, all the religious-type ones. And then we get into the ones that are not so religious, uh, Ronan Rudolph is always a good one, you know. Santa Claus coming to town, that kind of thing. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, Frosty the Snowman. Happy birthday! He always says on the cartoon number. So uh, the one I don't, I, I don't really care for, and I should. I'm sorry, but I don't like the drummer boy. I just never cared for that song. And the one I really, really don't like is the Twelve Days of Christmas. I don't understand that song. Why did that come about? Okay, let's look at the lyrics here to Twelve Days of Christmas and. Um, the actual, not necessarily the lyrics, but the things that they're giving away, okay? So the first day of Christmas, they give away a partridge and a pear tree. If you don't know what a partridge is, it's a large bird. Yeah. How many people have a pet partridge? Nobody, right? People have a pet. Maybe the partridge family did back to the old TV show. No, they don't think they had one. That's their name. Okay, two turtle doves. Again, you got three birds now in your house. They're pooping all over the place. Who wants this stuff? Three French hens. Okay, great. So add hens to the three birds you already have. Now you have six birds that can poop everywhere great five gold rings we're gonna have to sell those rings to hire somebody to clean up all the bird poop six geese laying great we don't have enough freaking birds let's add three more in there seven swans are swimming okay so a total of seven swans six geese so there's 13 three french hens so there's 16 two turtle doves 18 and a partridge in the pear tree you have 19 birds you're getting for christmas who came up with this song? Let's just give them 19 freaking birds. And they're not even like, you know, pet birds. They're not even like cockatiels, you know, or parrots. You've got French hens. Geese are laying eggs, so then you're going to have more birds running around pooping everywhere. Eight maids milking. What are they milking? The birds? You don't have any cows. Nine ladies dancing. Well, they should stop dancing and help clean up some of this bird poop, right? Ten lords are leaping, whatever that is. Eleven pipers piping, so apparently you have a leak in your plumbing somewhere. And 12 drummers drumming. So you got all this racket going on with these birds chirping, these dudes playing the drums. You got ladies dancing around everywhere. 
You got ladies trying to milk something, but we're not even... I don't understand any of this song. Who wants this stuff? Why don't you have, like, one Ferrari, okay? Uh, Two puppies, you know? Three kittens. Uh, You know, if you're going to do animals, let's do a hamster in there. Let's do a bunny rabbit. Animals that people want. None of these turtle doves and partridges. Nobody even knows what a partridge is until this song came out. It's like, oh, we have a bird called a partridge? What is that? Why don't I make it like a, a falcon or something? Something cool with talons or something. You know, I don't. <laughs> Four calling birds. Okay, so throw that in there. So, our bird total is now up to about twenty-three. So there's twenty-three birds in twelve days of Christmas. You imagine getting all these gifts. You're like, hey, thanks, another freaking bird. Ah, uh, what is they? Somebody whoever wrote this song had a obsession with birds. So, how much would all these birds and all this other junk cost that nobody wants? At least you can, you know, the five rings, you can get some cash out of them. All right? That's got some value. Maybe they're heirlooms or something. Great. Let's look at it. A partridge in a pear tree now, according to the PNC, which is a U.S. Consumer Price Index, they measure the changing prices of goods and services like housing, food, and trans- The Christmas Price Index are far more spirited. PNC says the price changes usually mirror those of the U.S. Consumer Price Index. So partridge in a pear tree would cost you $210 and some change. Turtle doves, $300. French hens, $181. Four calling birds, $600 nearly. Uh, And I'm just rounding this off. Five golden rings, those are $825. Six geese laying, $420. Seven swans swimming. Now what they're swimming in, I don't know. Those are $13,000 roughly. $58.00. For the eight maids milking. How come they work so cheap? It's like $2 an hour. I don't know. Uh, nine ladies dancing is $7,000. Ten lords leaping is $10,000. Eleven pipers piping is $2,748. And twelve drummers drumming, 2972 I can play my own drums. So that's out. You can add all those up if you want. But that's that's a lot of money for 12 things. For 23 birds and a bunch of other crap that nobody has any use for. All right? So I say redo this song. They redo everything else. This song makes no sense to me, the 12 Days of Christmas. I like the Jeff Foxworthy redneck 12 Days of Christmas. You know, that some of that stuff is actually more better gifts than these would be. All these stupid birds that nobody wants. What I have nothing against birds, but who's going to give these? Hey, all right, a PlayStation 5. No, we got you four calling birds and three French hens. Okay, I'm going to put that in my apartment or wherever somebody lives. You know, it it doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) So there we go. Christmas songs and the 12 Days of Christmas. The worst Christmas song. I hate it. I don't like what version. I don't care what version you're singing. The Muppets do it. It's funny when the Muppets do it. But still, nobody wants any of that crap. And I don't know how it came about. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Coming back on Salmon Says, I will digress a little bit. And we'll talk about the legend of St. Nicholas and how that came about. This is Salmon Says. Merry Christmas. The Christmas music you're hearing in the background was uh, composed and performed by Nick Hahn in Kentucky.
Welcome back to Sam and Says, talking about the legend of Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus can be traced back to hundreds of years ago to a monk named St. Nicholas. It's believed that Nicholas was born sometime around 280 AD in its uh, Patara near Myra in the modern-day Turkey. Much admired for his piety and kindness, St. Nicholas became the subject of many legends. It is said that he gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and sick. One of the best-known St. Nicholas stories is the time he saved three poor sisters from being sold into slavery or prostitution by their father by providing them with a dowry so they could be married. Of course, over uh, many years, Nicholas' popularity spread as he became known as the protector of children and sailors. His feast day is celebrated on the anniversary of his death, December 6th. This was traditionally considered a lucky day to make large purchases or to get married. By the Renaissance, St. Nicholas was the most popular saint in Europe, even after the uh, Protestant Reformation, which the uh, veneration of saints began to discourage St. Nicholas, maintained a positive reputation, especially in Holland. So, pretty interesting. So, there's the legend of St. Nicholas. Now, I've been in the spirit of watching Christmas movies. Uh, we, we did Home Alone yesterday. I did a National Lampoon's last night, Christmas Vacation, of course. Normally, I hold that one off a little bit longer, but I could watch it again, right? What else have we done? We've done the Charles Dickens classic, um, Christmas Carol. We did a version of that one. Uh, we have done... What else have we done for Christmas movies? I've done Fred Claus. I'm saving Christmas Story, of course, my ultimate favorite for Christmas night. because It's usually on TBS. When I was a kid, we grew up, had cable. It had it on a loop for TBS. It was on all day. We just watched it all day and all night. And it was on in the background. It was going. We were paying attention to it. We weren't paying attention. So I saved that for Christmas Day, the Christmas Story. So that's what I'm doing there. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas is another one I can watch. Scrooged. Um, I know Die Hard, they say, is... I watched Grumpy Old Men the other night. Grumpy Old Men's not really a Christmas movie, but takes place at that time. I mean, to me, that's just as much a Christmas movie as Die Hard is, if you ask me. Trading Places is a good one. I need to see if I can watch that one. Uh, but Ernest Saves Christmas is funny. Um, and none of these have any really significant religious values, necessarily, which is not good. I know that's the opposite of what I started the show with. But <laughs> they're just fun ones, and they're traditional, and that's what you watch. Well... What's the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time, you're wondering, okay? The highest grossing Christmas movie of all time, according to Forbes magazine, number 17 is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I watched last night. came out in 1989. The final box office was $73.31 million. It was written by John Hughes based on a short story in National Lampoon magazine, Christmas 59. Christmas Vacation is considered a modern Christmas classic, despite getting mixed reviews from critics It debuted in second place at the box office behind Back to the Future Part 2 with a take of $11.75 million. Oddly, the film was released in the UK cinemas in the middle of the summer in 1990. That seems weird. What do you think the number one is? We'll get to that. All right, I'm going to have you think. And I mentioned it earlier. Scrooged is at number 20. 1988, that one came out. Jungle, uh, excuse me, Jingle All the Way is 1996. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I mentioned at 17. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I always, I never watched. I like that. It looked dumb to me. 93. That one's at 13. The Santa Claus 3, Escape Claus at 2006. Santa Claus 2 at number 12. Um, or Santa Claus 3 at number 12. Santa Claus 2 at number 8. Santa, look, Santa Claus is at number 7. Elf, oh, that's another one I got to watch. Uh, number 6 is Elf. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. 
$1.5 million. Polar Express at number four. Number three is Dr. Seuss's Grinch Stole Christmas. Number two, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's the Jim Carrey one. Number two, grossing of all time, $260.04 million. I don't think I've watched that one either. And number one, Home Alone. 1990, $285.76 million that brought in. Let me give you that number again. $285.76 million for Home Alone. Number one, grossing Christmas movie of all time. Not on the list is Christmas Story. It apparently didn't make that much money. It came out in the 80s. Uh, what time? 85? 84? 80, I, I saw it in the theaters when I was a kid. And of course, it takes place like in the 50s. You know, because they didn't have a TV or anything. This is Salmon Says Merry Christmas. Nick Hahn, thank you very much for your guitar work and your production of these two Christmas songs to share with us here on the Salmon Says Podcast. Let's talk about Christmas trees. Now, this has been a big debate with people lately. Real trees or fake trees? Twice in my life I've had a real tree. One time when I was a kid we got it. The needles fall all over. It bothered my allergies. I don't think my mom liked the smell of it. It was, you know, you got to keep them watered all the time. They're just a nuisance to her and they were to me. Um, and so I don't, I'm not a big fan of the real Christmas tree. Now, some people like the tradition. To me, it's they're pricey. You know, people say, oh, the plastic trees are bad for the environment. Well, so are cars. Cars are bad for the environment, too. Do we going to stop driving them? No. So, you know, and you use your Christmas tree. If it is bad for the environment to produce, well, that's okay because, uh, not really, but I mean, if you think about it, Christmas trees, fake ones, last probably 15 years. Okay? So, your one tree, it's not like you're buying a new 
you know, they yes, they make trees every year, but they make paper every year too. You're not going to stop them. As long as people keep buying it, they're going to keep doing it. But real trees, you know, it takes, what, 10 years to grow them to that height, and then you cut them down, and then they're gone. And they're 60 bucks. And that's a good price. They're 60, 80 bucks. So you're spending $60, let's say, every year for 10 years. That's $600 on a tree. Or you buy a fake one for 70 bucks, and it lasts you 10 years. One time fee. There's no water. There's no allergies. There's no smell to it. You don't have to clean up the leaves, uh, the needles after it. I, I don't know. I'm just a fan of fake Christmas trees. You can buy the ones with the lights on the autumn, which saves a huge headache in itself. So. I don't know, wherever you stand. That's fine. If you want a natural one, that's good. I, oh, and the second time I got a real tree, I lived with my buddies and their dad years ago when I was in my 20s. And they wanted a real tree. We were like, all right. So we went to Home Depot. Of course, we picked up the biggest Griswold-type tree we could find. It was so big that we couldn't get it to stand up in the house. We had to cut. We had to take it back out in the garage and saw off some of the stem. His dad's like, geez, why didn't you buy the big one? <laughs> he said something along that line. Uh, let's see here. You look up, first of all, real trees don't require intensive carbon emissions that takes produce and ship artificial trees. Yeah, but like I said, cars have bad emissions too. We're not going to get rid of them. Next, you're supporting forests. When these natural trees are harvested for sale, there are more than 10 times as many left standing. Out of the 350 to 500 million growing on tree farms across the U.S., only 30 million trees are harvested for Christmas each year. So buying real trees help keep tree farms in business and in turn keep lands covered uh, and healthy forest habitat while wildlife depends on to su- survive. And you can also recycle those Christmas trees, too. And they're, the, old, the other ones, though, the real ones are kind of a fire hazard, I think, too. But whatever. Real trees, however, do cost between $50 to $100. Do that every year, and it adds up. Plastic trees, one-time fee, lasts a decade or so. Uh, are fake Christmas trees bad for the environment? In the U.S., around 10 million artificial trees are purchased each year or each season, nearly 90% of them are shipped across the world from the world in China, um, resulting in an increase of carbon emissions and resources. Hmm, so I don't know. So, we're talking Christmas here on Salmon Says. Of course, don't take Christ out of Christmas. That's what it's all about. All right? Read the Christmas story, and I will do that at the end of this podcast. The true Christmas story, not the night, you know, not... The Santa on the roof one, you know, and you can hear him out in the yard and that kind of, no, we're going to read the real Christmas story from the Bible. We'll do that to wrap up the show. What do you think the top 20 best, biggest selling Christmas songs of all time are? Hmm. A lot of these I've never heard of. These are best selling ones, which I don't know. This one's for the children. Funky, funky Christmas by new kids on the block. I don't know that one. Christmas, please come home, baby. Mariah Carey. Uh, that's at number 19. Number 18 is The Christmas, Chris Brown. Last Christmas by Wham. Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. That's the traditional one, right? Yeah. Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. That's a good one. The Chipmunk Song by The Chipmunks. That's pretty cool. Sold 876,000 copies, according to Yahoo. 13 is The Christmas Canon by Trans-Siberian Orchestra. What about Christmas in Sarajevo? That's a great song. Uh, number 12 is Where Are You Christmas by Faith Hill. Number 11 is Christmas Time is Here by Vince Gillardi Trio. Number 10 is Blue Christmas, Santa Claus Back in Town by Elvis. Not the Porky Pig one. <laughs> number 9 is Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Number 8, Mary Did You Know by Pentatonix. 
Number seven is Christmas Eve in Sarajevo. Great song. It's called Sarajevo 1224, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I heard that in college for the first time, and I'm like, what is this? This is awesome. And a buddy of mine told me what it was. I was like, wow, cool. Let's see here. Do You Want to Build a Snowman by Kristen Bell? Again, never heard of that one. Mistletoe, Justin Bieber. Never going to hear that one. Do You Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Whoever that is. That's at number four. Tied with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So you're telling me some group called Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas, has sold just as many as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Gene Autry. Not sure why there's two number fours, but there is. Number three, All I Want for Christmas is You, Mariah Carey. Number two, my favorite song of all time, Silent Night. Bing Crosby's version. And Bing Crosby was number one with White Christmas. Probably not a huge shocker for you. You hear that one all the time. So there we go. This is the Salmon Says Podcast talking Christmas. And, of course, what would be a Salmon Says podcast without people to make you go, duh. This one with a Christmas feel to it. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is, this is going to sound very familiar to you. A mall Santa dropped a hammer on a little boy who asked him for a Nerf gun for Christmas, telling him the kid was crying, by the way. He won't bring him the toy. The politically correct Chris Kringle was caught on video asking the child what he wanted for the holiday season, according to... A Facebook post by the boy's mother. The boy apparently mentioned a gun because Santa could be heard replying, no guns, no, 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 no guns. When the kid's mom, who was standing nearby, piped in and clear, oh, just a Nerf gun, the not-so-jolly old St. Nick was still not having it. Nope, not even a Nerf gun, he said. If your dad wants to get that for you, that's fine. But I can't bring it to you, said Santa Claus. What else would you like? Lots of other toys, Legos, bicycles, cars trucks what do you think and then santa told him you shoot your eye out kid okay i made up that last part but the rest of it was true that's totally what it is it's christmas story man it really happened i want an official nerf dare uh, rifle nope you'll shoot your eye out kid ho 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 push him down the slide <laughs> it happened oh my goodness it's funny i'm gonna give you guys a little treat here for the Christmas podcast. Here's a song with a band I was in years ago with my friend Bo, who we've had on the show from Lexington Field, Bo Gray. Uh, Marcel Leva was bass, and I was your drummer. A little group we threw together and recorded a Christmas album. The band was called Cousin Walter. The song I wrote, Yuletide Welcome. Here it is. The only song I've ever written that's been recorded uh, <laughs> that I know of. We did some stuff early in our band career that we recorded on cassette, but it's the only one we went to a studio and recorded that I wrote. It's called Yuletide Welcome. Enjoy it. This is a Salmon Says Podcast.
going to wrap up the show right now. Uh, make sure you guys are keeping Christ in Christmas. And, uh, you know, Christmas is going to look different this year with the pandemic and stuff. Uh, I know we're probably going to do a Zoom type thing. Whatever. And just enjoy your family time. And be happy if you can afford gifts and, you know, have meals and, and have some time off of work. Just try to take it all in and enjoy it that way, right? Okay. Now, here we go. This is Luke. Second Luke. We're going to wrap up the Salmon Says podcast with the real Christmas story. No, no, not the old man out on the lawn and mama in her kerchief and I in my cap. No, no, this is the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while the Quinius was uh, while Quinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child while they were there. The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, uh, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed and at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was as they have been told. Uh, this is not the last show of the year. I'm going to do two more. My next one will be a dedication to my, my uncle, one of my best friends who passed away almost a year ago at this time. That'll be the next podcast. And the very last one of the year I'll do uh, right around the New Year's time is the best of... Salmon Says Podcast for 2020. Let me know which episode you was your favorite. I'm going to put clips in. I've gotten uh, three or four suggestions already of their favorite episodes or bits that I've done or anything else. Let me know. SalmonSaysMedia at gmail.com. And I will definitely throw that in and I'll give you a shout out too. Okay? So, wrap it up, Salmon Says Podcast. This is a production of Salmon Says Media 2020.